Hi, I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And this is the BNA Podcast. Well, happy morning to you, Brian. And a happy morning back. It's, uh, it's Friday. It is Friday. We're on a regular schedule. Very cool. I'm very proud of us. Um, it's, we it's had a big Independence Day this. You know, we just that it's just passed. Did you uh, Did you go downtown? No, I was actually at the airport uh, picking up my son who was flying back from the East Coast. Okay, uh, for Josh, so, which which side? Uh, Noah was returning from Washington D.C. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I went and picked him up. He was supposed to get in at like nine fifty, and he got in at nine thirty, and so you know. No, that's funny. That was just a truck going by. It was really loud in my headphone. It was. Yeah. Um, but we have, uh, this is Friday morning in Old Hickory, Tennessee, and that is Trash, trash Day. day. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay lives on way on the other side, and I live way on this side, and so his is picked up at like 6 in the morning, and mine is now. Except for I got to, forgot to put mine out this morning. Exactly. So oh, up, yeah. So. Oh, darn. Should have brought it with you. I should have. So, darn it. So next time, I'll just load it in the back of the Kia. And yeah, just, yeah exactly. So, uh, so 4th of July, we Big had the world's July. largest fireworks. Uh, fireworks display. It was uh, uh, really, that, evidently really big. Yeah, that's what they tell me. 350,000 people downtown. Right, which 3, was a full, by the way, 50,000 less than 50,000 less than expected. So well, they were counting true. on four. Four hundred thousand. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, what's fifty thousand people among friends? That three hundred fifty thousand downtown just seems insane to me. What's well, a lot of humanity? It is a lot of humanity. Um, a lot of drunk humanity. It's all me? drunk. Yeah. Um, so I will say, I had friends that went down with their kids to watch the fireworks. Mm-hmm. That found it very easy to find a place to park and watch the fireworks. Oh, no, that's year. good. Part of it was they closed Interstate twenty four on the East Loop of right. downtown, right. and that stopped. Some of the clog. Gotcha. Um, and the people that knew about such a thing, right. which this fellow did, knew to take Briley Parkway and go through East Nashville and find a nice high spot, and they enjoyed the fireworks. Good. Um, which started really late. Yeah, it did. Apparently, we had a little bit of a mix-up in the in the. It was so Nashville. It, it was, was uh, so Nashville. Somehow, they have not realized that if you're going to do the largest fireworks experience in the war in the yes, world or, or in whatever, the states, well, in the United States because it was Fourth of July. That's and, true. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do that, you need to have everybody on the same radio channel. Yeah, that'd be good to say. So start with something as simple as that. Right. Um, also. Where they do the fireworks uh, in, this, in the vicinity, at Nissan Stadium, right. so they do them at the stadium on the river downtown. So it's a great spot, mm-hmm. viewable from a lot of places. It's kind of a 360 degree. There's hills exactly. around Nashville, so you can get up a lot of places and see it. it's a good spot. And there's also not much there. Right. Mostly parking lots. There are two hotels, one new, one old, um, the Juvenile Detention Center, mm-hmm. and the Bridge Building. The Bridge Building, which has been around. It's the for, only commercial building there. It is the only commercial. I've actually been to a workshop or two there. It's a very nice it's a building. Place. It's kind of an event venue. Right. And um, the Convention Visitors Bureau rents it out for the 4th of July so that nobody will be in there because that's kind of ground zero. Right. They They're set off right the, in the center. Fi- yeah. Fireworks. And so... Um, Apparently, some of the bridge building employees got the wise idea that they would go watch from the roof of the bridge building, uh, but they yeah. were not authorized to be in the building. And no. so then the they sent the SWAT team to go in and find out who these people were. And which, some, by the way, is, seems like an overreaction. Does, but yeah. you know, whatever. I have a feeling that Barney and Andy could have gotten them out of there just fine. And, and while the SWAT team was in there, somebody gave the order to say, "Well, go." Ahead and set them off you know and yes. so you had this gentlemen start your engines yeah you had these folks that were trapped in this building because there were major explosions going on around them i thought it was funny because the reason i th- found it funny is because it was so nashville right nashville right. is a city of of trying to get backstage passes right so uh, everybody wants access everybody wants to go it's it's a place where like los angeles and new york have the same problem because it's a showbiz town right? right so in showbiz towns when your plumber comes to your house he says things along the lines of, you know, I once cleaned out Kenny Chesney's toilet. Right. And yeah. you're like, oh, well, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, kind of grosses you out a little. But nonetheless, people say these kinds of things. And 
So what happened was some employees at the bridge building were like, hey, I work at the bridge building, which is right next to the fireworks. I can get you in. Come on. Right. So it was the come on. I got, you know, I know a guy. So they went down there. They walk into the bridge building and uh, I guess they found I don't know. wonder what happened to them. I bet you they're not working for the bridge building They may building not be anymore. working for the bridge building anymore. There's probably not going to be a mural of them. The, the, the problem, I mean, this is where the, the narrative kind of is different, because there are some folks that say the, the reason that they started shooting off the fireworks without checking whether these folks were clear. And, I'm, you know, regardless of the four, you have a SWAT team that's there that sent, Correct, you know, right, the right. police that are in that the building. were there on purpose, right. And the, 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 one of the narratives is, is, well, they were 27 minutes late in starting the show and that there was pressure to just get it started because it was too late and people aren't going to wait and they're well, going to get Well, remember, Brad Paisley was out of encores. Well, that could be I mean, he's only life. had so many hits. Exactly. Yeah. So, they're really good, by the way. I really so, liked Brad now Paisley. Now, the Convention Visitors Bureau said, no, we were, we wasn't us. We never do that because they never do anything. And so, uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's, yeah, honestly, they're like one of Donald Trump shell companies. Yeah. But nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing so, to see here. But uh, they have so hundreds anyway, of millions of dollars. It was, a, it was a little bit of a thing, yeah. but uh, nobody got hurt. Um, as near as I can tell, it went off without other any other hitches and yeah uh it was a good it was kind of fun you know i always say it's like it's like nashville's the perfect place for the world's biggest you You know know, the deal the deal is is nashville is also the place where you get about the second biggest just if you walk outside your door and your neighbors are shooting off yeah there's certain areas of nashville they get all kinds of fireworks yeah most of nashville it kind of sounds like a third world country and in the middle of a war yeah it really does during the uh, my friends that live on old hickory lake right around the corner from us Mm -hmm. uh had a, another couple over and they sat on their balcony and watched fireworks. Right. Now, there are no sanctioned fireworks vi- visible from their balcony, but right. they said they really had an enjoyable time, saw a lot of fireworks, I'm and sure. it was a great show looking it's, out over the lake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, so now that I have to transition though, because Brad Paisley was the musical headliner for right. the Let Freedom Sing, mm-hmm. um, you know, Go Marka concert right. and fireworks show downtown. And um, he's had a tough week. Oh, really? What's going on with well, Brad? Well, poor Brad. Brad decided, because Brad's actually a really good guy. He's very community involved. Well, he's kind of progressive in his politics. He's too, kind he? of progressive in his actions. Okay. Yes. All right. I would say that he is what we would call a Christian. Yeah. He is a person that believes. He is a person of great wealth, and he, of whom uh, much is given, much is required, and therefore he has, like he and his wife, have a free grocery right. store. Sure. Where people can go get, anybody that's hungry can go get food. Right. Anybody. Anytime, and he'll just restock the shelves. Tremendous right. guy. Yeah. Um, he's also a quirky, funny guy. He happens to be a person that doesn't really drink. Yeah. He's not a drinker. Okay. But he's been collecting whiskey for like 15 or 20 years because <laughs> he said, you know, once I retire, maybe I'll want some. <laughs> <laughs> That's so he's traveling around the country. He's bought all these, you know, he's really rich, so he well, maybe, buys all these things. But he's really funny. Head over to so his house. I he made know. a massive poo-poo this week, though, and decided okay. to be the spokesperson, along with Governor Bill Lee, Uh-oh. of giving people free airline tickets to okay. fly into Nashville because, God knows, nobody wants to come here, evidently. See, this is the problem. Like, Bill Lee's administration and the Republicans that run the legislature in the state of Tennessee actually think... Mm-hmm. That this, uh, that last year's Trump imp- implemented right COVID protocols are still on right, so they decided. Now remember, mm-hmm. airlines are canceling up to ten percent right. of their flights per day. It took right. my son three days to get back from Washington D.C. because sure. of cancellations. Right, because they have to retrain all their people. Mm-hmm. Because if you've not flown an airplane for three months or six right. months or something, yeah. you have to go back and recertify on that sure. plane. Right? Gotcha. This is, there's some real serious yeah. and important FAA regulations. Mm-hmm. And that's also true of flight attendants and people right. that, by the way, you can't just go out to a temp agency and hire baggage handlers. Yeah, no, I because don't think they're, so. Because they're behind the security line right. in the airport. So they have to pass background, background checks, checks and training, etc. Kind of stuff, so, yeah. But somehow or another, the governor decided, because, you know, we are really rich as a state. Yeah. And you wouldn't think so, by the way, we don't give money to poor people. But while on the same day Mm -hmm. that unemployment benefits were discontinued, which were paid for by the federal government and not Tennessee, were discontinued, 
Um, during the same year mm-hmm. that the additional SNAP benefits that were allocated for children who were not in school were, were not, not distributed. Yeah. Uh, during the same time that he took a private jet and flew to the border with 300, where there are 300 Tennessee troops yeah. being paid for by the state of Tennessee to yeah. defend Texas border. Um, while all that was going on, he decided we needed to start a program to give away free tickets if you book two hotel nights in Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, or Memphis. Well. Unfortunately, Brad Paisley was the spokesperson with Bill Lee on that, and Brad got pummeled in I social am, media. I am sure he For did. being a part of such a horrific idea. Yeah. It, it's Indescribably good. stupid. You think they would pay for us to go away or something, you know, uh, to send send all of us out of the it's, state for a little bit. You, you know, at the same time, you know that the health department, right? the state health department, has been forced by the conservative members of the legislature to stop a advertising and promotion program that encouraged people to get vaccines. Encouraged teens to get they vaccines. They said teens, although I looked at all the ads, and you could say that some are teens, some are not, but you know, uh, but it did in fact go so, all the way down to age 12. And so this is how our legislature works, which is that they were upset that people were being encouraged to get vaccinated particularly teens. Correct. And so their answer was, well, we're just going to get rid of the health department. Yeah, that was they wanted to get rid of it altogether. They threatened to close the health department completely. It's very much like everything that passed this year. Like you got... I don't know what it was, 190 bills in the United States passed because of election fraud, which never happened. Right. Then in the state of Tennessee, we got rid of unemployment because that was stopping uh, people from going back to work, which Mm -hmm. turns out not to be the case. Um, Yes, there will be a handful of people that go back to work over this. The reality is that we've had a, a transfer psychologically and sociologically in the way we look at low level employment, which started long before. Right. The COVID outbreak. It was uh, 2019. We had a massive worker shortage. My right. friend uh, that has now moved to North Carolina to a better job, but he was a regional manager for MAPCO. Right. And, you know, my friend would talk about it all the time. He says they, he was literally getting calls at midnight driving over to um, Donaldson Pike mm-hmm. to run that MAPCO from midnight. He was an executive with the corporation. He having to run the store. He had to run it from midnight to eight because they could not find employees. This is in 2017. Right. There is a problem that is not related to uh, federal unemployment benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our, you know, it's the same, our legislature cut back state unemployment benefits for mm-hmm. the future, not right. not for now, but for the future by almost 50%. Right. Because it's just ridiculous stopping people from going to work. But they were, they passed a state law to respond to a short-term emergency funding from the federal government thing. It's just illogical. Right. You know? Well, you know, it's... It, Yeah, there are so many things I could say about it that kind of almost boggles my mind. Uh, You know, the reality is, is that there there comes a point when folks who are struggling to get by are not willing to do what it takes to make other folks rich. Correct. And uh, if you're not going to share the wealth, they're not going to participate. And... Um, so I, this has been coming for a long time. You know, wealth and equity in this country has been uh, a huge issue. And, and, you know, there have been some voices, you know, some voices of folks that are wealthy who basically say, hey, we better watch out because we may be in for a world of hurt. Well, but, and I, but, honestly, every economist. So what's funny is the economist right. most quoted right. by the right wing in the United States mm-hmm. If you go back and actually read the books, right, right, as opposed to just listening to what Fox News tells you to say right. back out loud, um, Adam Smith absolutely talked yeah. at great length about the danger of excessive profit. Exactly, and the danger of excessive profit uh, at the expense of poor people. Right. That later John Maynard Keynes talked about, who has always right. sort of been considered the father of liberal economics, right? But the reality is, Adam Smith, who's the father of conservative economics, 
Said the same thing. It's like everybody knows if you look at it, eventually unfairness causes fights. I mean, Smith was a moral philosopher. Most folks don't recognize exactly, he was right. not an economist. There was no such thing as economics at yeah, the time. So. At the time. But he was a moral philosopher and, and he always believed, and it's become my kind of pet phrase recently, but he believed that capitalism without concern for the common good would fail, that it would be a problem. That well, he and never believed in capitalism beyond this understanding that there is, there has to be concern for the well-being of all. Right. The well, great thing about it is the mixture in the United States that I always am frustrated by, and we see it a lot in states like Tennessee, which are really low on the education scale and high on the conservative voting scale. You get this weird blend where they think they mix up free markets and capitalism and corporatism all into one right. moral philosophy that is part of being a Southern Baptist. And none of those things are true. Mm-hmm. But they make great TV right. you know, on certain conservative channels. The reality is markets are great ways to create wealth. Right. Right. And then the government's job, once that wealth is being created by a free market, by the most conservative people. Mm-hmm is then to make sure that that money is equally distributed throughout the contributing democracy to all the participants. It's just part of the deal in every philosophical approach to government and finance. Right. You know, and it's, um, and what you're seeing because of that conflagration in cities, you know, and like a state like ours here in Nashville and in the state of Tennessee, what you end up with is you have these wild swings toward socialism Mm -hmm. that freak them all out but it's because they're not doing their part in capitalism you know they're not doing the part that was was warned about and dictated in the 1800s right do this or else you're going to be in trouble so we you know we're getting what we uh how much yeah how much of this campaign though do you think is driven by so you know let me back up when i go downtown it sure seems like there's a lot of folks down there yeah it's full and um but what we're missing is the convention business yeah. that we had before. And I'm not sure the convention business is coming back. Well, not in the same way. In the I same mean, way. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, NAM is going to be here soon. But yeah, NAM's this coming week. Um, Are you going? Of course. Uh, I haven't you got know. my ticket yet. I guess I should. Well, I happen to, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about that, but I, I do have access to such things. But anyhow, we'll talk about that after we record. Okay, yes. Um, the the window may have closed, but we'll call them oh, and that's see. Fine. So, I think that almost not everything, but almost everything will go back to where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we're certainly going to see a massive resurgence in conventions and all that kind of stuff next this coming year. Mm-hmm. Um, people love being together. They're going to yeah. continue doing it, and there are enough people and. We should see enough safety that we'll be able to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, by next year. But yeah, trying to give see, the thing is, this wouldn't apply to a convention, right? Right. I mean, there's not enough set aside in the budget, right, for to give away twenty thousand plane tickets right. to people that are coming in for, you know, national religious broadcasters, which, by the way, will happen. Like right. The, not the, sure. the, that one's going to happen. Like the Baptists were already here. A lot of those things are going to continue to happen. So. I think that we'll see a huge uh, restoration of that business in Nashville. I think it's mm-hmm. going to get big. I think it's going to be fine. I'm not worried about any of that stuff. Right. Um, but I can tell you one thing mm-hmm. that is befuddling to all of us. Right. And that is, it would already be back sure. if we get vaccinated. Right. If, no, that's as a, t- a state, if we were at 70%, the Music City Center would start filling up now. Exactly. But there's a lot of people from around this country that are not coming to Tennessee uh, they're not coming to Mississippi. They're not coming to Louisiana. They're not coming to Texas right now. Well, because of vaccination it's not rates, safe. and yeah. then because of some of the anti-gay, uh, anti-LGBTQ, we do have, a, um, we have a problem there. there we're, we're not going to get some of that business back either. Yeah. So and thank goodness, thank God, Nashville is not participating I, as of as of right now. The, you know, part of the issue for me ultimately is one of patience. You know, there's there's this myth that somehow, you know, well, we start getting vaccinated, everything's going to go back to normal, and it's just not. Well, and it's, it's going to and it's going to be a slow run. It is going to be. Because, because, you know, we ain't done with this, as we've seen with the Delta variant starting to come into the forefront of news. Um, But we are now officially at like 100 percent of the deaths are with the unvaccinated. We've had some people die that had been vaccinated. It turns out that very few. It's not really a thing. Um, So now we're at pure Darwinism. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. I mean, and that's the thing. As long as we can keep it away from young people that don't have their own choice, that yeah. would be awesome. I tell you, we're going to come back and talk about uh, a couple of other things that uh, are going on in Nashville this week, but um, including, by the way, um, some actual like entertainment. Uh, it turns out. That Jay Voorhees went to an entertainment venue. I did. And consumed entertainment in the flesh. That I did. Like last, the very last night of last night. What we need to do is we was. need to talk about what's one fun thing we've done in Nashville this past week. Well, yeah, but I don't ever leave my house, so I can't talk about the things that I do that are fun. Oh, yeah, probably It'd be not. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody be embarrassed. All right, well, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a second. <laughs> Podcast. The um, I always make a joke about this, but uh, I'm 60, so we can do about 17 minutes of recording, and then I have to go to the bathroom. Well, yeah, it's the you medica- don't. Well, the medication I'm on makes me. I've already done my whole run this morning. Done the whole deal, already. Yeah, so uh, that's that's fun. You know, it's uh, being 60 is a good thing. We like being 60, although I feel kind of creaky this week. Yeah, well, I'm completely broken this week. I have like a uh, my knee is out. My left knee is like sort of whack. I don't know what's going on with that. And then, so my knee's weird. And then I've got a little bit of a toothache. It's like. Not like a real toothache, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm in pain toothache, but I've got a toothache. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm going to have to address it. I'm going to address it before it becomes a curled up in the bed crying toothache. Right. Let's don't be curmudgeonly old men and talk about our health ailments. No, okay. no, that's not really the way to go. But so there are a couple things that have uh, been talked about this week, and I one of them is our ongoing crisis that's about to be a real crisis. But right now we have this, you know, we got a housing crisis. We have a homelessness crisis. And then we have a homed people crisis where there's uh, this mosaic apartments snafu uh, going on where they have been like these people got evicted, but not really. Yeah, they were they were evicted. Basically, what's been happening in Nashville, particularly with apartment complexes that have housed lower income folks over the years, is that um, the the owners of these complexes have come in and said, oh, there's a housing shortage in Nashville. It's a perfect time for us to come in and renovate, and then we can charge double the rent of what we've charged in the past. And so the owners of the Mosaic Apartments, which is out near the airport, kind of Murfreesboro Road area, um, decided that they were were um, going to follow that path, but in order to do that, they had to get rid of the tenants that were there so that they could um, do the work on the, uh, the property that they needed to do. And so uh, there was a like a short eviction notice, like you got three weeks to get out, and then some advocates came in and, and started working with the tenants. And those uh, were illegal, right? I mean, it was like, because we're in a moratorium still. Right. We're still under the CDC moratorium on evictions. Yeah. The, but one of the things that I understand, because I you know a lot more about this than I do, but the uh, one of the things I understood was that because the pandemic lasted more than twelve months, right? It's not an eviction if you don't renew a lease. Yes, that is correct. And so, there, I mean, there were some ways that they were kind of trying to finagle it. Of course, the owners of the property don't live in Tennessee. They're from California. Um, so, um, and that explains everything. But no, so yeah, exactly. um, so there's been an ongoing push and pull about this. Now, the thing to know about Mosaic Apartments, uh, and the story came out in the Tennessee in this week um, about this, the history of this complex, is that they're in horrible shape. They've had bug (laughs) infestations. They've had all sorts of things. And and this particular apartment complex, like a number of apartment complexes out in that part of town, are highly. Uh, most of the residents there are are immigrants. Uh, some of them. I think that's why they named it. Mosaic. Some of them are, you know, folks that have their papers. Some of them are not. Um, but have you ever looked at their website? I'm looking at their website right now. No, what's it say? It looks like you're living in Midtown Manhattan in a in a uh, penthouse. Yeah. yeah. Now these are these are really in very bad shape. There was some problems with some flooding uh, recently, and that was one of the things that the uh, landlords were saying, well, we've got these uh, flooded apartments, so you're going to have to move out. Um, There's... uh, 
they're over there kind of near Mill Creek, which has a tendency to flood. And there's another apartment complex I'm more familiar with called Millwood, um, which has a large population of Egyptian uh, immigrants in it. And when the 2010 floods came and the apartments were flooded, the uh, landlords functioned in the same way. It's kind of like, well, we just want them out of there. Um, so it's a, it's a struggle um, because... So there, there's a complex in Madison where I work. Um, I always say it's the apartment of last resort. You know, somebody will come in and they're looking for housing, and I'll say, I can't really recommend that you. Is move it the into one that's place. behind the Salvation Army store? Uh, no, it's it's on uh, Forest Park Drive. There, it's a oh, place called Lexington Lexington yeah, Gardens. Yeah, no, I know that one and, well. And Lexington Gardens, it's at, like folks will come in and say, "I really need a place to live. Nobody will let me in. I've got a felony conviction or whatever." And I said, "I can't recommend this place because it's horrible, but." You can it's probably get in. <laughs> you can get in. If you got the if you got the deposit in the first month's rent, they're not going to do a background check on you. You can get in. And it is a horrible facility. And Codes has been threatening for 10 years to close it down because it's in really bad shape. And yet then when they go to do that, we go, what's going what's gonna to happen to the 100 where families? Where do you put those people? Where do you put those people? Yep. And that's kind of where we are with the mosaic. Again, it's, it's like these people need a place to live and there aren't a lot of other options for them out there and so it's a it's it's the ongoing crisis we have around housing in our city um, where you know there's all of this stuff well we want to, we want folks to live in better conditions well let, let me ask this question because I had this conversation on Twitter this morning with uh, one of our council people and um, and my, my thing that I said, and I, I stand by it with all of us when we bring this stuff up, even if it's just the best we can come up with at any given moment, what's our alternative? Like we go to Lexington Gardens and we look at that situation. It's, I assume it's privately owned. It is. Therefore, it is some dude that is, they got a Section 8 property that houses 100 families. Right. That they can't. There are only really two options. Tear it down and rebuild something else, which will be much higher priced and right. not bring those families back. Or, because we can't put it on him, single ownership. Her, you know, like, but that's okay. Her, right? I mean, you can't put it on any particular person. Right. To make them responsible for providing low-income housing. Right. Because there's not actually a way to do it um, in the marketplace, right? There, I mean, it's you there, need help from the government to pull it off. There are, and there is some government help that's just started arising. So there's just been a fund that started for landlords that if you're willing to take Section 8 vouchers, the city has identified or clawed back some money where if – like you take a Section 8 tenant and they bail on their lease, the city will help fund the kind of uh, provide some funding to cover your loss of income for for that that family and leaving. They also have some money that's available if like you have a, a family that comes in on Section 8 and they trash the apartment where the city, it's. I mean there's a limit but the city will pump some we'll funds help, back right, to you right. um, to try to help with that and that's a brand new program with, that's actually come through some of the federal stimulus dollars uh, and if you uh, check with the Homeless Services Division at Metro Social Services, they will hook you up on well, that. Well that's but, good to know. I mean that's those are the kind of things that I always am concerned about because it's not a sustainable process if the process is you need to fix your apartments and you need to spend a million dollars on that property and lower the price right. that's not an edict that we can make no successful no it's not um, but the uh, so yeah it's a it's a struggle to try to figure out how to do that but again this is it's the same struggle we have with homeless encampments and right. you know that's been in the news as well yeah There's we have another a, one getting cleaned out evidently we, we have behind one, the old Gerst house on uh, right by state, I guess it's stadium. I can't way. believe nobody's bought that property. I wouldn't mind just asking well, a I'm fortune. Sure. Well, for either it. that or somebody has bought it and they're just you know, waiting. Right. Anyway, there, there's a homeless camp there. It's there's really also one now. in off Charlotte Pike, out near the big Walmart, yep. out in West Nashville. That there's been a lot of complaints about. And you know, it's like, well, we need to move those folks out of there. And the question always comes: It's like the folks under Where the, under the bridge. Right. Where are you going to put them? Yep. And you know, I made an appeal to the mayor a few weeks 
back, um, basically arguing for the, the city to provide what I'd call a sanctioned encampment. And that would be right. a piece of property that would have probably some toilets on it, um, have some, some dumpsters, some place for the shower truck to come to, dumpsters for folks to dump their trash, right. all that kind of stuff that's safe and clean, maybe some security, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's still on a camp. You bring your tent, you camp there, you legally can do it, which we have no legal encampments. No, in, we don't. And one of the in, things that I've complained, I'm trying not to curse. I'm working on this. Is one of my. You got to preach at my church in a couple weeks. I know. So I got to clean it up a little. The um, one of the things that's always a challenge is we're always telling people in our in this new modern version of hate-filled, you know, uh, conservatism. Mm-hmm. You got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And one of the primary ways of doing that in the 20s, when this idea was put together in the first place was there was an enormous amount of public land. Right. <laughs> right? So you could go in a tent to said public land. Right. And you could live there. You could actually hunt. Like, you could, like, shoot a rabbit, right, right. or something and eat it. And you could do all that kind of stuff. And you could actually pull yourself up by said bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's illegal to pull yourself up by your bootstraps in modern America. So we have to create some sort of replacement concept for it. And I think... Protected encampments are one of the best ways of doing it, right? Yeah. It's, it's an the, option. And the problem, of course, is is I send this to the mayor. I get a response back from the homeless ad, uh, the homeless services folks. Right. And and they're people I know and I love and I'm in good relationship with. Yeah. But their response is, well, here's why we need to not do it. And it's because we're doing this and this and this and this and this. And that's all great. But there still is no place to put these people. I mean, the, the, you know, yes, they are moving folks towards permanent housing. Yes, they have a system to try to move towards that. But there's not enough housing. And so then what do we do? And, and you know, the reality, a lot of folks, I, I shared an article on my um, Facebook page yesterday about uh, how we treat the poor and how some folks treat the poor and how there's this tendency to want to go ahead. Um, the, the actual title of the article, I'm looking this up again, uh, was, um, I got to find it. Stop telling me about the lazy and entitled poor. And and so what happens is you start talking about poor folks and their needs and what g- gets thrown back in your face is, well, it's all their fault. It's there to blame along right. the way. Um, as if there aren't systemic and other things that keep them from getting service. And, and um, yeah, this the has, fact this has become is, is one that, of the ideas. You know, the right. fact is, is that there are people out there um, among the homeless, and I see a ton of homeless folk. Um, yes, there are some alcoholics and addicts. No doubt about it. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe a, even a majority. I, don't, I would like, say a third. All right. Uh, another third that is... Um, dealing with severe mental illness right. and that we're reaping the fact that we don't have an adequate mental health uh, treatment system and and yeah. it has a become resi- a, it's become a sin in the United States it and really it's one of the problems is that being mentally disabled in any way has, has become uh, by the electorate, it's considered mm-hmm. a sin, and therefore, like our state legislature, considers it bad morals. So, there was a book I read um, a while back called Divided by Faith, and they looked at why black evangelical churches and white evangelical churches continue to be separate. Um, and in the research, what they basically found was the narratives that were different. In the black church... Um, Poverty, oppression, and all of that are—they are able to look at sort of the systemic factors that cause or lead folks to continue on in poverty over a long period of time. Whereas in the white evangelical church, it basically was their fault. You know, it was like yeah, it was, if it you're was, poor, it was it's because when you I was haven't. Kid. Yeah, right. it, you haven't done what you need to do, and they the actually made it a, uh, almost a precept of salvation. Right? It was right. one of those things that you. Actually actually had to uh, self-provide in order to be a good Christian. Right. And that was, you know, listen, oppression is by definition the result of an oppressor. Right. Right. I mean, there has to actually be an oppressor. I mean, literally everyone, given the opportunity, mm-hmm. right, and mental health resources mm-hmm. would go out and get a job that paid $50,000 a year or more. 
Yeah. Right? Because we're not idiots. Even the people that are that are disabled intellectually, etc., in all kinds of ways, would still be able to go out and do those things if such a thing existed. Exactly. And, and again, <laughs> and part it does of it, not. So, like, I'm working with a, a woman right now who has been on disability because she has pretty severe bipolar depression, anxiety disorder, a lot of things, and, and she's a smart person. She's a good person. She cannot hold down a traditional job. You know, the whole exactly. notion of being able to go in because there's some days she just can't function and um, right. because of her mental illness. Yeah. And we just so, don't allow it. That's and so she's been getting disability. Of course, there's been some stuff recently where they're now wanting to kick all those folks off of disability. And so she's looking. She yeah. was formerly homeless. She's been in housing and is looking at being kicked out because she can't pay the rent. Right. And, and, you know, it's not like disability is a ton of money. Oh, no, you know. It's funny when you talk to people that will go out on the stump and talk, you know, like yeah. a Bill Haggerty or right. Marsha Blackburn, our two genius senators that right. go out and talk all the time. And it's like, I mean, honestly, between the two of them, I, I don't think they could open a box of crayons. But the uh, these are intellectually disabled people that are so privileged that they are in the, in the Senate. Right. But the they they really if you ask them how much disability was, I would love to hear that answer. Exactly. I bet they'll tell you it's like $2,000 a month. They probably would, and it's much, much less than yeah, that. Yeah, I think I it's mean, like 681 is kind of the minimum. I, there or something. Are, there like are six, some something people... Like I'm, I know people, you get more because it's you based get, on your earnings, by right, the way. It's, it's, it's a Social Security program. So, so I'm hearing most folks talk about anywhere between twelve and $1,700 a month, but when Yeah, you, those are people that are formerly employed. Right. And, but when, or they have a family member. Right. And if you look at it, when a one-bedroom apartment in Nashville costs 1000 bucks a month... You know, right. over half of your income going to housing, seven hundred dollars a month is not a lot to live on, and um, it is not. And you know, one of the things, and we're going to get off of this thing because we can talk about it forever. One of the because one of the other parts of this that I wanted to talk about is how is transit, which I think also relates to housing, which I think Absolutely. really, you know, we got we have there's all these little layers to it. Like there's the NIMBY layer, like nobody wants to have Section 8 housing in their neighborhood. Right. Then you've got the corridor concept that I exchanged a couple of tech, uh, tweets this morning with, with a couple of council people we're talking about creating uh, density in corridors, right. which of course, for those of us that live in neighborhoods, a corridor is the way you get home. That would be right. the definition of a corridor. Um, so that's not really a solution. And to me, the real solution is having some effective public transportation, which expands the vicinity uh, that is accessible to the city center. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but that's not really on the table. There are there are parts of it on the table right now in Nashville, but it's not. It was like we had council meeting on Tuesday night. Right. It was four hours long, approximately. Three That's and a half, pretty short hours. for them. They Wasn't bad, it. yeah. It's because everything that they do in a council meeting, mm -hmm. except two items, there's like two things they argue about. In this council meeting, one of them was, I don't remember that, one of them was um, trying to stop a black woman from being put on the fair board. Right. There's a huge brouhaha about stopping this black, now it's all mm -hmm. white men right now. Right. It is 100% white men. Right. The mayor put forth a black woman's name to be on the board. Very professional person who I mean, super qualified. Super yeah, it was qualified. like I, I read some of the things. I don't want to drag into the personality right. part. So I just I read that it's like this is obviously a qualified person that should be on our fair board. Mm -hmm. If there should even be a fair board, I don't right. know why we yeah. have one. But so there's a fair board. I guess um, the um, so they, anyhow, they, they want to stop that because they only want a Latin person put on. So it's like they want a Latinx seat on the fair board. And so nobody on that side of this opinion will support this black woman from being mm -hmm. on the fair board. And to me, it's a this is a standoff that's very difficult to fix. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, exactly. Um, so I don't know. You know, it's funny is they didn't say in this in the thing that I looked at whether or not they approved her or not um, I didn't but you see know we had a 41 page agenda wow for Tuesday's meeting um, it was there were 31 uh, zoning and codes requests yeah 
And the reason the meeting is so short is because what we were talking about is when there's a zoning or codes request, whenever your neighbor goes to your council person and says, we want to put four tall and skinny houses on a one and a half lot in East Nashville, right. what happens is your council person has a meeting with the developer and the dad. They, they, they post some signs on corners and say there's going to be a public meeting, which nobody goes to except this very weird section of humanity that right. attend public hearings. And then the council person who's trying desperately to balance the needs of housing in his district with the community concerns and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff, right. um, says, okay, well, yeah, this one time, I think we can do this allowance where we're going to let you build it a little higher, right. or we're going to let you put four houses on a lot instead of three. Mm -hmm. In East Nashville, this is a particular problem where there are between two and five houses where there used to be one. Right. So that's a common thing. So when it comes up on the board for a vote, what happens? Oh, what happens is they approve it. <laughs> Absolutely, without discussion. Yeah, there, there, there is this thing in the Metro Council that most folks don't understand. It's what's called councilmanic courtesy. And councilmanic courtesy is basically like, well, if Joe over there brings uh, a proposal from his council district, I'm going to defer to Joe because it's his council district. And, and then he'll do the same when I bring one. And he'll do the same one. when I bring See, one. It so, it all works so out. So it's kind of like, we, you know, we all scratch each other's back um, to and don't really have the hard conversations about, do we really need to do this? Because the assumption is, well, the councilman's already done that work. Right. So and the it, research has already been done, et cetera, et cetera. So. And it depends on your district, who your council person is. Absolutely. You know? So it's, um, it is... <sighs> You know, the reality in Nashville... We have a very Nashville, quiet council person, by the way. Um, yes, we do. His name is on one item. Re the reality... Well, there's there's actually not been a lot of new construction other than what's in my backyard. I was going to say, so you can say that, except they got, they got somehow or another, they got a zoning waiver to allow them to basically build all the way into your property. I mean, literally, there's no way they could hang out their laundry yeah, well, without no, there, it touching there, your house. There, there isn't. Right. Or but, your property line. And yet, what I would say is, you're right, but they didn't get a zoning variance. It had already been zoned that way many, many, many years ago. So there was no set-asides in Nashville zoning before. No. So here's the thing about people that was, come from civilized parts of the country, yeah. the reason that we get so confused here mm -hmm. is because in in civilization, there are a couple of things that occur. One of them is that we make citywide zoning and codes variances, not individual ones, right? Mm -hmm. So, so now they there are individual ones. I mean, where I come from in Los Angeles, there was a uh, McMansion epidemic going on for mm -hmm. many years, right. where they would build all the way up to the edges, but the set asides never changed. Mm -hmm. What happened was they would just build to the edges of the set asides, and it was really an architectural style change right. that everybody found horribly offensive and right. still does right um, there are actually like columns in in newspapers about this very problem right you know? it's like it was an ongoing challenge but there wasn't it, it they didn't do anything wrong they just had such horrible taste that it felt like they did yeah um, yeah but there was never a time when you could build within six feet of a prop property line and there has certainly never been a time when you could build within 10 feet of a city street right and the reason for that is they know they need that space right right so in a city that what you do is as a city not as a neighborhood not as a block not as an individual building you say under no circumstances anywhere in the city mm -hmm. without you know a significant change in the charter do we build anything this close to a street and the right. reason you don't do it is because you need room for sidewalks mm -hmm. bicycles public transit right. and and then like repairs right uh, and so you know we've talked about this before but on the same time that our former mayor wanted to change 8th Avenue South that becomes Franklin Road to a mm -hmm. two-lane road and put in bicycle lanes they right. were also allowing one two three Four that I can think of off the top of my head, brand new apartment buildings built right, all the street. way to the sidewalk, yeah. sidewalk line, right? Yeah. All you had to do is have a rule that says nobody gets within 10 feet of that line, and you got room for bicycles. Right. You have room for humans and strollers and pedestrians. Well, and part of that is because we, um, you know, let's face it, you know, I look at that development behind me. Um, and again, I'm, I can't whine too much because I knew that it was going to be developed at some point when I bought the property. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I get 
really it's fr- all about tree planting. I get at really this point. frustrated yeah. at Nashvilleians who like you know move, move into, next to a school and say move, it's so loud. Yeah, it's so yeah. loud. Or or the the one that was across the street from the homeless soup kitchen, and then they start complaining about homeless people. It's right, kind of right. like dudes, you know, that was there. So I'm not complaining about that. The the but I look at that development. And, and it's just clear they are cramming as many units as they can into that piece of property right. without kind of looking at any green space or living quality or anything like that but to maximize their profit. Yeah, and I get and it. It's the, we're, but, and we're warehousing people, right? right. That becomes, that's the mentality that we were talking about before where income inequality shows itself in architecture. Right. Right. We look at a situation like this and go like, okay, I'm a corporation. My only responsibility is to the shareholders. Therefore, I'm going to build all the way up to the edge of the property because I can get two more people mm-hmm. in that section of this apartment complex. Right. Therefore, I can have $3,000 more per month in perpetuity, etc., and all else be damned because... Those people don't matter. Mm-hmm. Corporations matter and profit matters and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, that all goes back to this ridiculous concept that, that any of that was ever true in any economic theory, left or right. It just never has been. So. I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I really do think it's kind of the Nashville way. When you look at Nashville's history over it's the years. It's the southern years, way, too. I mean, Atlanta it, does the same thing. Yeah. Nashville's history over the years, though, has always been about certain people sort of maximizing their profit along the way and doing whatever it takes to do it. It's like in, in Nashville, I've always, I've always bemoaned the fact that um, – we don't keep our old buildings and renovate them. We tear them down because, well, we can do it cheaper. We can put up a metal building and, you know, and, exactly. you know, and there's just no real sense of kind of history and legacy. It's all about the dollar. I mean, there's some argument that within the country music industry that that, that was true as well. You know, it's kind of the whole idea of, of folks... Um, uh, you know, building up the hillbilly image of country music when, in fact, you know, Minnie Pearl was the most sophisticated, rich woman in Nashville. Yeah, you know, she was, the, she was the queen of society. The queen of society. And, you know, but she made her money off of playing herself as a hick. And, uh, the, and there's always been that kind of thing of, well, if that's what's going to cost us, that's going to get us some more money, then we'll do and it. And that's what we'll do, right? Yeah. And that's so, you know, my problem with it, and the reason, I'm currently in Facebook jail because every day I have a thing, I get up in the morning and I say something horrible about our governor because it's just, it's my meditation and therapy. It's it's my right. prayerful moment when I spend a little time with my creator and he and I both agree that Bill Lee is a horrible person, so right. I say something about it. And sometimes I get in trouble for it, so I have a little time off. So Jay, by the way, will be the one sharing and promoting the podcast this afternoon. Absolutely. uh, (laughs) Won't be coming from my account. Um, So, you know, I I look at this stuff and it's frustrating because the uh, it's so confusing from who it who it comes from right right? i mean i think one of the challenges in america today is that we see so much all the hate in america comes from evangelical christians you know and it's like what the heck's that about right Right. i mean can we somebody take a deep breath and uh remind people what the deal was all about uh because you know i was going to do a thing and i'm going to do this for a, a special uh podcast that we'll probably do in the next couple of weeks but talking about some of these issues and, and they're very southern issues mm-hmm. and southern issues are nashville issues and so we're going to talk about some of that but you know if you take an evangelical really you know a firebrand evangelical pastor sermon mm-hmm. and do a word count mm-hmm. on the key terms uh, it's not a pleasant experience no no. It is not a pleasant experience. And so we'll look at a few of those things when we when we get to that in a few weeks. That's just a teaser that something's coming up where we're going to talk about it. And yeah. we talk about it with a lot of empathy because we're trying to figure out a way to talk to friends and family in a loving way that brings them back to a place of empathy. Well, and I don't care how they vote, but I do care how they think, right. how they feel about others. Well, and I think for both of us, too, you know, we came from that tradition. Absolutely. Um, and it, it is part of who we are. I mean, it's, it's part of our history. And so um, to kind of look at it now and go, 
what happened is, uh, as I think for us, the struggle, um, because we, we really do have this idea that Jesus was kind of serious as, as a Christian person, yeah. Jesus was serious when he said, we're supposed to love our neighbor, you know, that that was not right. an option, you know, and, and really honestly, and I, you know, the confusion ecclesiastically comes to me from the fact that the American Christian church, only the American Christian church mm-hmm. focuses almost I mean, I won't even say almost. The evangelical Christian church in the United States focuses only on the Apostle Paul. It is as though there is no one else. Right. Um, They literally ignore actively the words of Jesus that are actually in the Bible. Um, It's it's an active thing. Yes, although I would say, again... This is this is for our other show. Yeah, yeah. We all have our own canon of scriptures, and sure. every tradition does that. Generally, the evangelical folks will focus on the Gospel of John because it is the more it's more focused on sort of Jesus as King and authority, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to the other Gospels. And of course, the early church basically said we need to have a bunch of perspectives of Jesus. So that's why we got four. And, Correct. Uh, and so anyway, well, that's so for we're going to get back show. to that. What we would rather talk about on this show is music. All right. So Nashville, Tennessee, as some of you may be aware, Music City, USA, um, is back. It is back. The live music business is back. It is back. It's booming. Matter of fact, it's it's so a little, maybe a little too back, but well, it's way back. It is. It is. Um, I'm enjoying every moment of it. Uh, you know, the fact is, is in Nashville, we are spoiled when it comes to music. Um, you know, we don't think about the fact that we're going to hear these folks that are like world class musicians. Um, and I, I, I became aware of it when I, uh, my wife lived in uh, Cape Girardeau. Missouri and uh, I'd go up to visit and she'd say well let's go out to this bar and listen to some music and I'd go and it was really bad right and I'm like and I'm trying not to be critical but it was uh, you if know you're from Nashville it's, it's hard from Nashville it's yeah. hard you know, last night uh, we went to a wonderful venue downtown uh, sort of downtown uh, Sobro I, I guess. call it downtown anything inside the circle I'm I, sorry I, I agree that, that's my yeah. definition as Absolutely. well so a uh, third and Lindsley is probably my favorite music venue in Nashville. I yeah. like the City Winery. City Winery is very frou-frou. But it's, yeah, but that's more formal. It's more it's, formal. It's less Nashville. More fr- fr- more frou-frou. It's the way yeah, I Third and Lindsley is like full-on Nashville it venue. It is. And, and there's... A, there are very few bad seats in the place right. uh, all that but we went to see uh, there's a woman that's been singing in Nashville for years gosh I started listening to her back in the 80s at the Summer Lights Festival do you remember the Summer Lights? Well of course I, I didn't go because I didn't have enough money in the 80s exactly. to go to festivals so uh, this downtown used to be this great big music festival and so Janelle Mosser who is sang on a bunch of stuff uh, and uh, she has a regular kind of gig there at 30 and Lindsley, and she always brings friends with her. So uh, this week, her friends were a guy named John Hall, who was the former lead singer and guitar player for a band called Orleans. You know, you're still the one. Yep. That song. A guy named John Cowan, who was actually her first husband, uh, was uh, Janelle has kind of gone through the husbands. She, oh, good. She would oh, good. That. No, I like that. Um, but uh, John Cowan was the lead singer for Newgrass Revival back with Sam Bush and Bela Fleck and Pat Flynn and. Uh, a wonderful vocalist and now is the bass player and uh, as a member of the Doobie Brothers and then there was a woman named Andrea Zahn who is a fiddle player and singer a wonderfully she's one of those folks that sings without effort and she opens her mouth and this wonderful stuff comes out um, and she is uh, James Taylor's uh, fiddle player and, uh, and and vocalist and so just these wonderful artists um, just playing and, and having a great time doing it it was a wonderful Wonderful night. Really. That's a great. I mean, that's the kind of thing that can happen in Nashville. It's like when you go here the the uh, time jumpers. Yeah. Uh, also at Third and Lindsley, and you know their guitar players really good. Got named Vince. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. see Vince. The. Uh, you know, I've never seen the time jumpers, and it's on my list. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I went with a. Uh, I went with another famous person to go see another famous person, which is also a Nashville thing to do. Um, the only difference is I'm not going to name them. Right. Um, I will tell you afterwards, but I'm not telling everybody. That's fine. But the 
uh, Nashville, I always say this about music in Nashville. It's like when you're talking about Cape Girardeau and it's like, remember, yeah. The best band in your hometown moved here years ago. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's almost unfair, but I've got a friend that uh, has a band playing at Kid Rock's Big Ass Honky Tonk yes. and Steakhouse or whatever it's called. And now I got to tell you, they're, they're making some really good money again. The place is completely packed. Mm-hmm. Um, he immediately got COVID, was down for two weeks, uh, and uh, was sick. He can't get a vaccine because of a congenital defect mm-hmm. uh, that he has. But... Uh, you know, it's, uh, man, I mean, they're really good. Yeah. I mean, they're like, you know. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, and these it, people are incredibly down. You know, you know, we go into these little clubs and there's there are these people that are just, you know, touring musicians that yeah. are just phenomenal. And what was fun last night for me is that... Uh, in some ways, this was a pickup group. I mean, it wasn't like they had rehearsed, you know, right, and had right. a show. So, you know, they're kind of trading off songs. And there were some times where there were, you could kind of see little, you know, somebody would kind of mess something up and they'd all start laughing. And, you know, I mean, it was just kind of this fun thing because it was just folks having fun with music. And uh, I think that's the best way. That's what music's supposed to be about is really yeah, having funny. fun. I, um, the, the idea, the John Hall story is great because, like, you know, Somebody like John Hall, you know, will just get up and play. Right. Right. I mean, they'll just like, they're in town, and so she can say, like, hey, well, John, you should come sing a couple of songs. Right. And they'll just come down and play. Right. And it's like, this is a guy that, you know, I mean, still was a massive hit, but he was also, as I was telling you beforehand, he was. He was part of the No Nukes concert in the 70s. That mm-hmm. was where I first really became aware of him because I had, I had friends and acquaintances that put that thing together. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's amazing that quality of talent that just wanders on the stage in Nashville. Right. Um, so this week's unwitting sponsor of the BNA podcast is, is Third and Lindsley. And can... uh, we highly recommend going go to Third and Lindsley. Check their schedule and you'll find an enormous number of exciting opportunities to participate in live music in Nashville, Tennessee. Sunday nights, exactly. Lightning 100 live show is there every Sunday night. And a beautiful lot of ticketed events. Get away from Broadway and there's, go to Third and Lindsay. There's one other show I want to promote. Um, there is in Madison, the beautiful, exciting metropolis of Madison, Tennessee, which nobody wants to come to because they think it's really sketchy. But it's it's actually a very cool little part Why, of town. Why it's a lovely area. And uh, there is they are building a new facility called the Music City Roots Barn. Music City Roots is yeah, a it's going up series. pretty fast. Too. It is. Yeah. But this Saturday at the Amqui Station, which is right adjacent to them, right. and the McCrary Sisters, who is African American group. Yeah, um, yeah, wonderful really kind of gospel soul group. They're doing a free concert on the grass on Saturday night. Really? So look that up. And yeah. it's right behind the. That'd be right, right behind the library. To, yes, so right behind the right library. Right behind the Madison Library. Matter of fact, is it on a weekend? You said it's Saturday. Saturday, so that means you can I park think it's at the Saturday, library. Four thirty, something like they that. Have a really big parking lot at the library. You too. can also park over in the fifty forward lot. You have to kind of oh, drive right. through a construction zone to get it, but right, get right. there, but you can. The um, yeah, it's really looking good over there, and it's a friend of ours is actually building that and uh, I'm I'm really excited for them it was very scary when they announced it and then all of a sudden um, the moment they announced that they were going to build this thing COVID hit and it was like ooh yeah that's some unfortunate timing for a live venue but you know fortunately I think it's worked out just fine and they're going to be great it's going to be a wonderful addition to Madison speaking of Madison one last thing before we go right so we're going to be have some bowling. Oh, we are. Um, there, we you know the big cool hip thing these days is multi-purpose um, venues, entertainment venues. So there's about to open up. The, uh, they're saying opening in August. We'll see the yeah. East Side Bowl, which is in the old Kmart building that used. To, it's right by the cemeteries in Madison, right From off Riley, Riley Park Parkway Park. in Gallatin, and uh, it's going to have a bowling alley. It's going to have a five or six hundred seat music venue right on and a kind of um meet and three diner but upscale meet and three diner okay. kind of thing i and, hope the food's uh, it looks good really cool. i do too um i mean it's it's interesting because we were talking about this right now that parking lot is used by amazon to it's where they wrangle all of their uh delivery vehicles for mm-hmm. 
distribution throughout this part of town right. and I'm fascinated to think about where they will go next. If they'll pay me a fee, I'd be happy for them to park in my parking lot. Oh, I guarantee you they're paying a lot of money to I, use that I, lot. I will so, work a deal with them. Yeah, it's all about overcharging. Um, I do think, I mean, there are many options available that I just, I, I have no confidence they'll figure out what they are, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But I'm I'm sort of okay with it. It's sort of a Brooklyn Bowl knockoff to right. me, which is very Madison thing to do is to like knock off Brooklyn Bowl. Um, so, although I think they started it kind of a yeah, but Brooklyn Bowl is actually a thing from Brooklyn. So yeah, I mean, well, it's a, and it's, it's a new, yeah. and I think this one kind of started independently, but it doesn't matter. It's still cool. Yeah, no, it'd be good to have more bowling. Bowling is all the rage, by the way. My son Joshua turned twenty-eight on uh, Tuesday. Happy birthday, Josh! It was wait, what day's today? Today's Friday. Friday. It was on the 7th. What day was that? Was that Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. A Wednesday. So he turned 28 on Wednesday, and uh, that was his, you know, that was the birthday party. They were going bowling. Well, that's cool. Where were they and going? so uh, they were going to Brooklyn Bowl. Of course. Because no one knows the manager, and it yeah. was a whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure. But the, uh, that is, bowling is back. Yeah. And... Okay. But I have a bad back, so I can't bowl. Okay. Well, maybe I could. I You're falling apart. You must oh, be Oh, man, old. it's like... I'm almost as old as you. I mean, I'm old. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> hey, right, listen, well. it's been fun to hang out this week. Go see some music at 3rd and Lindsley. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can always go, if you're really hip, Right. you can go to D's. We can go to D's Country Cocktail Lounge. Exactly. One I'm of our unofficial sponsors. I'm going to pay us for this. Yeah, she just give you a beer. Well, she does that. Anyway, All right. Well, then so. they are paying us. So, <laughs> hey, go to D's Country Cocktail Lounge in Madison, Tennessee, where the music is always excellent and the Friends are free and many. Yes. Folks, we are glad to be with you, Brian. It's been fun, and uh, we will do this again next week. Have a great day, Nashville.